Welcome to the Shred with Science podcast with your host, Dr. Chris Spearman, one of the world's leading online fitness coaches and expert in metabolic correction and a global cover model. Chris delves deep into the most up-to-date scientific literature to provide you with the tools you need to live a healthy, enjoyable, and educated lifestyle. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back. It is another episode of the Shred with Science podcast. Today, we are talking about nutrient timing, um, not just carbohydrate timing or carbohydrate backloading, but just nutrient timing in general. Um, it's something that has come up quite frequently with uh, a lot of our clients who've been joining us over the last two weeks. Um, what happens if they move their nutrition around or can they? you know, maybe swapping in some foods here and there. But also, what happens if they're training at a different time of the day? What happens if for whatever reason, you know, let's just say they're training in the morning, training in the evening, whatever it may be, what sort of considerations will go into, you know, manipulating your food? That's something, of course, that is important. Um, would I say it's the most important thing? Um, it's, it's relatively important. I think what's important is that you're consistent. Now that doesn't mean you can't change the times that you train, but whatever food you are having, let's just say, be it meal based or macro based that you find a way to be consistent with the food that you're eating for obvious reasons so that you can assess how your body's responding, how you can assess maybe your progress but then also your digestive system, you know, and how that works. So today we're going to go through and we're going to discuss with uh, all of our coaches, um, maybe bring some clients on who've, who've been on for, for a while, who've been on maybe for the last kind of week or two and discuss what people's thoughts are. It's so important more than anything that when you go on a journey like this, that you feel like you're not being dictated to, that you're being educated. And our goal, of course, is to educate every step of the way. These podcasts, if you're listening to this as a podcast uh, listener, are to help add value to you, um, but also to help guide our current clients through, um, you know, and navigate through what is obviously a, a difficult period. Um, who will I pick on first? I'm going to pick on Wade, actually. Dude, what is up? Hope you're good. So we've got Sam Knowles, we've got Wade Foster, um, we've got Jack Simmons, we've got Darren Tom, we've got Tom Melody. And we have, Christina was going to call Fanny Fox from her IG, but I think we'll just stick to Christine for now. Um, we're so fortunate that we have an array of coaches that truthfully have not only different areas of expertise, but different thoughts on nutrition. And what's important though, is we are not say we know exactly what works for us, but we're getting closer to figuring out what works best for us as individuals. And by no means do we feel like we're going to you know, indoctrinate or push this on our clients. Only utilize what we have here and what we're learning currently to help educate. Um, Wade, buddy, for those of you guys who, who've not met Wade before, uh, Wade was one of my first ever clients many, many moons ago, back in 2015. And um, we prepped, got Wade ready for... Uh, his second show, I think, um, he managed to win a pro card, do exceptionally well. And um, even back then, dude, 
one of the important things that we really did focus on was nutrient timing, was reverse dieting, which is ironic, but we'll come on to that another time, but was actually really successful at the time. And how we would focus your food in and around your training period. And just like, you know, most people, you love food. We all love food. And it was, okay, how can I get the most out of whatever my nutrition is? Um, and dude, you did so well. You put up a photo, I think the other last week of that prep. Um, and you look absolutely insane. And I remember when we were going through that back at the time, you know, way back when, and I was like, okay, this is, this is going really, really well. And as a coach, it was, you know, maybe the first few months of me, I think maybe six, seven, eight months that I'd been working and, and, and helping people prep for shows. And I was like, wow, like people can really change their physique purely based on some small changes that we were making each week. Um, obviously you did exceptionally well, you've gone on to become extremely successful in multiple areas, but how is that knowledge? Of course, you've got, you know, an extremely educated background anyway, and you know, you've just handed in your master's. How was maybe focusing on nutrition and nutrient timing at that point in your say career as a coach, but also as a, as a client or, or physique athlete, maybe pave the way for how you now interact and manipulate food with clients? epically important i think even like when you start out in fitness be it whatever age so be it sort of you and i were both both sort of sort of in our 20s or early when we started in our fitness journey so still young but regardless of any age up until you start taking it seriously you kind of think the training is the main thing like the training is what's gonna get you the results it's what's gonna do oh, in five days a week so i don't need to look after my nutrition i don't need to worry about the timing um, of my nutrition and all the above but when you actually want to get in great shape you, you, you then mind switches and you realize nutrition is the be all and end all and training can be like like the second like the second most important thing to nutrition and then understanding the the timings of things, let alone like we move we move past sort of macronutrient ratios, but actually moving to when is the optimal time to get certain macronutrients in um, to elicit the the best response possible, be it performance in training, be it recovery, be it sleep, be it cognitive function. All those things I've just sort of labelled are really important, but the timing of your nutrition can increase all of those so rather than just focusing on total number of daily calories or total number of daily macros we can take things a step further and you can have say chris and i have this uh, just say we're the same person and we have the same nutrition or the same macros but chris times his specifically and i just focus on getting the total amount in during the day chris's physique would be substantially better than mine due to him being able to perform better, due to be able to recover better, and due to be able to just like have more cognitive function, less fatigue. All these things can come, that, come from better timing of your nutrients. So that's where going to an external source or listening to this podcast uh, or sort of researching yourself can help you get to the next level. Yes, be all and end all of weight loss will be total amount of calories, but you can take things a step further to really, really enhance your physique. And that's kind of what we're going to get onto today going right, how should I time my protein? How should I, well, when should I have my fat intake? When should I have my carbohydrate intake to really, really enhance your, um, your, your physique and your progress? But it's a, it's a really interesting topic that we're going to get into because 
like you say, it's something that a lot of people don't think about. But when I started my career, Chris, it's something that Chris really focused on going, right, we need to make sure we have your protein time like this. You need to get your carbohydrates in at this area. It's better to have fats at this time, etc. And then all in all, I still put think today that that prep and that physique was the best one I've had. I may not have been the biggest I was, but I think aesthetically pleasing wise, that prep was hands down the best I have brought package wise to, to stage. Um, so it's saying something for the approach we took during that one. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Like I think uh, maybe back then I think there was far more bro science than there is now, which is <laughs> I'm glad that things have changed a little. Um, but it, it it was so important, and do you know why it was really important as well? Is from from your perspective, it was structuring your your carbohydrates. I remember it was really important because it's easy to you know. Uh, and and looking back on it now, I can completely understand why you don't like a macro-based approach now because it wouldn't work for you because it was, you know, I don't know what, if you guys have seen Wade Eat, but he can tuck away a lot of food in a short space of time. So it was important that, let's say, that we would have a post-workout feeding window where you would be able to prevent yourself from overeating and you would almost look forward to that and you would be, you know, I would say 95% of the time back then, to my knowledge, at least we'll see how honest you were, but to my knowledge, you were good back then. And then you would have your, let's say rewards, a bad word, because I don't want you guys to build up a relationship whereby you feel you need to exercise to get nutrients. That being said though, from an optimal point of view, that's the time that you're most insulin sensitive. I think a good way of phrasing it is earn your carbs. So it's not a reward, but it's an earning. Like, you need to have the mindset of I've, I've earned these calories now. I've earned these foods because I've put my body through the stress of physical training. I, I like that kind of phrase of earning your carbohydrates. Yeah. And like, if you want to look at it from a completely scientific perspective, you will be more insulin sensitive. Um, you know, after resistance training, you obviously your body at that point in time is going to be most receptive. And therefore when you do get carbohydrates in and around your workout or be it intra or post-workout, you will get your insulin spike. And then, of course, your body will then be able to utilize the amino acids, the carbohydrates, and whatever it may be in your bloodstream to a better effect. Um, that's just and that, Does that mean that you can't get in world-class shape without focusing on those? No. But if you want to be completely scientific and optimal, then there will be benefits to doing that. That doesn't mean that that's the way you have to do it. Um, there are also a lot of perspectives for a psychological basis just like wade said so for example wade would say that he felt he needed to or he would have earned his carbohydrates now some of you guys won't or or probably wouldn't be best for you to approach it that way because maybe that will build up more of a negative relationship with food if you're not strong enough to say no Um, and you may feel then that oh i can't eat this because i haven't earned it everyone is so individualized and i think there's the difference between the physiological biochemical approach to optimal nutrient timing, but then the, the psychological approach of, okay, well, how is it that you feel about your nutrients or your food or, or the whole process in general? And, and that really kind of comes back as well to cheat meals. Now, whether it's a refeed, whether it's a cheat meal, for some people, it's the best thing ever. 
for some people, they can't have a cheat meal at all because they can't stop at one meal or they can't have a refeed because they'll feel guilty. And if they feel guilty, then, you know, maybe they'll starve themselves the next day. Everyone's very different. Um, if we were to talk about nutrient timing, I'm just going to go around and ask some of the coaches maybe what they do. Um, and there will be some who are so specific with nutrient timing and others, it doesn't really matter what time of the day it is. Um, and that's what works for them. Sam, obviously you've been uh, kind of coached under, uh, underway for your cover shoot, got an amazing shape. How did things change, at least in your mind, around nutrient timing for that period of time? And going forward, if you were to do it again, let's say alone, what would you change or what would you take and adapt from you know, what you probably utilized or kind of integrated during that period of time? Yeah, I think the, um, obviously the process was to cycle my carbs and around workouts and, and sort of things Wade's touched on there already but I think the just the structure of that was something that massively helped me so it's all very well and good saying you know have carbs around your workouts that's cool but how much how what sort of um uh, measurements make sure you're not overeating in that period and and things like that um but on the whole it was just a case of cycling the um carbs and making sure it's obviously sticking to plan but if I was to well I am now obviously trying to trim up again now but um uh I it's the it's the structure and, and knowing exactly the measurement I think one thing that's massively um underestimated is the portion sizes of of your food and that in and around your workout is probably the most important thing uh, for me so in the past uh, I think I've touched on it before I used to never really used to think about my physique when I was training things like that it was more sports performance so I was always looking to fuel my body so it was always carbs pre-workout and trying to have have that source beforehand and then obviously when you're looking to change your physique that changes and it's more a case of we're looking to replenish the carbs after workout and we want to be using our fat stores um during the workout so I think that was the major change for me so I went from sort of like performance-based training to um sort of just looking to lose weight and and change my physique yeah I think um it is an interesting one because even when you get to a stage of maybe growing or you need to put yourself in a surplus or you are utilizing carbohydrates to grow I still and I've always been this way and I suppose I got lean by default in lots of ways is that my reason for manipulating my food, although it was beneficial for my performance was very much down to how I was able to, um, guys, what is up? I'm interrupting this podcast for one brief moment to remind you that you can book your free space on the cover model blueprint right this second all you have to do is click the link below jump inside have a look at everything that you have uh, at your disposal in and on this program if if let's just say you've done online coaching before and you haven't got the level of service that you require the reason we've dropped it for free uh, there's a small admin fee it's only a few pounds um, the whole point of dropping it from a very high ticket you know hundred thousand pound program is because we want you guys who have probably had poor coaches before or you know not the right level of accountability as you'll hear through this episode our, our clients are online with us 
um, we want to offer you that. And, and if, you know, I want to eliminate the excuse of you needing to pay. So for that reason, I highly recommend you click the link below, have a look, um, dive inside, join us on the program and let us prove to you that we can help you get in the best shape of your life. Focus when I was, say, you know, doing work where whether I was in the lab doing my PhD and I found that if I was having maybe meals that were predominantly carbohydrate based that I would, people say brain fog, but I think for me, it was very much the case. Like I would uh, get an insulin spike because I was quite insulin sensitive um, and I would obviously then drop off. Now that's not the same for everyone. It was just my personal adjustment was that carbohydrates, at least simple sugars would make me feel a certain way and, and I would struggle then to stay sharp in terms of what I was doing. If you don't have that, that's absolutely fine. You know, that's, that's, that's great. But as you become more insulin sensitive, you, that it will have that effect. Um, of course, if you are, you know, you feel like you're overweight or you feel like you're pre-diabetic or even diabetic, then of course your insulin, um, you're, well, you, you could either be type 1 diabetic and type 1 2 diabetic. You could be insulin uh, dependent or you could be insulin resistant or becoming insulin resistant rather than insulin sensitive. So some of the best tools that you would utilize in that scenario is to try and pull yourself away from insulin dependent um, and obviously you know into a more insulin sensitive or slightly more insulin dependent insulin sensitive ratio of feeling like you're in control of where those nutrients are um, and using intermittent fasting is an awesome way for, for you guys for that reason or structuring your nutrients around your, you know, your say your workout window is going to improve your ability um, of performing. Yes. But most importantly of avoiding diabetes. Um, that doesn't mean that if you don't do this, you'll get diabetes, not at all, but obviously for a subset of you who are, maybe uh, pre-diabetic this is one of the tools or, or things that we utilize most with with clients in in that scenario um we've got some questions coming in if you guys are on the podcast then the best thing you guys can do is jump into the facebook group um, and you will be able to uh, over the next few weeks join these lives and ask some of these questions so we've got a, an awesome question would it be it'll be really helpful to hear your favorite three to five carb recommendations uh, and what portions overall should they be etc etc so um that's an awesome question so i think what we'll go through is maybe ask some of the coaches maybe what their um favorite carbs are and, and why i think that would be um interesting at least because we're all be cutting growing performance based um so great question so I'm going to take this as if I was cutting down and any of the times that I've been getting ready for shoots or getting, trying to get in the best shape of my life, what carbohydrate sources would I use and why? So not in order, but I would have an intra-workout carbohydrate. I would have, this is personal preference, I would have an intra-workout carbohydrate um, in the form of a carbohydrate powder, very much just like a Lucozade would be or a Gatorade would be simple glucose molecules uh, mixed with electrolytes in the form of a cyclic dextrin or a maltodextrose or a, um, a dextrose, maltodextrin or, or a dextrose. Uh, generally speaking, I'd pick cyclic dextrin. We'll probably go into the science of that another time. Why? So for me, having carbohydrates while I train and immediately post-workout means that I'm obviously able to train for longer. 
I feel like if I'm insulin sensitive, which I generally am anyway, because I don't eat a huge amount of carbohydrates when I'm cutting or dieting, that I have glucose molecules in my bloodstream immediately post-workout. Not only does that increase an insulin spike and then allow my body to utilize more the nutrients in my bloodstream, but then obviously glycogen replenishment happens uh, efficiently and effectively. Bearing in mind, you need a number of things to be most efficient with the glucose in your bloodstream. You need enough water and electrolytes. Um, anything, as you can imagine, in your blood is, or your, your, your body in general is, uh, moves in only one form, and that's because it is suspended in some form of fluid, obviously some form of water, and you being dehydrated prevents the efficiency of movements of any molecules. And then water is only able to enter into cells generally uh, through um, sodium potassium um, pumps or um, let's say uh, water water pumps whereby um, sodium and, and water obviously coupled together to move into cells and out of cells so without efficient electrolytes which is exactly why if you try and hydrate with water alone you um, will not be as efficient as if you had electrolytes, which is exactly why Gatorade, Lucozade, Lucozade Sport, they all have electrolytes. Does that mean that you need to supplement with them? Maybe not. You may have efficient um, minerals and uh, salts in your diet. But if you were to compare having none at all and having some, you would become more, or you'd hydrate quicker with, and that's the science behind it. So yes, you can have carbohydrates, but of course you'd need enough water, make sure you're not dehydrated and have a, you know, enough minerals and salts in your system to make good use of those. That would actually be my first. Now, most of you would not choose that because most of you, if you didn't have carbs, you would want to eat carbs. I don't feel the necessarily, you know, I, I don't need to eat carbs or I don't have a want for carbs generally. So my choice to have them would be for performance based rather than I need my oats or, Oh, I need this. So personally for me, it would be a performance based. Um, and I would be able to live. I'll say, I would say I'd be able to live happily without them. Just like all of you. I love a burger and a pizza every now and then, but on a day to day basis, going pretty low carb wouldn't bother me massively. My second choice would then be something that is going to help me to the best of my ability, which would be a simple carbohydrate post-workout. Uh, that could be anything, um, depending on what you're, you know, what you can break down. For me, during that period of time, it would be me finding something that my body can metabolize quite quickly, readily, without feeling like I had any gastric stress. That could be cocoa pops. That could be um, cream of rice. That could be. Um, I don't really like oats personally because it's just a personal thing, my digestive system, although it's fine. Uh, I just feel sometimes a bit more sluggish than something like cream or rice. Um, you could have anything from maybe gummy bears or Haribo. Um, but my personal preference would probably be maybe cocoa pops, maybe a form of bagel with jam, something that's relatively easily digestible. Um, and then I'm going to give you a third one, which would probably be something like jasmine rice, um, quite soft, quite easily digested. Um, you can get it in boil of, uh, the, in, in the bags that you can just 
grab from the shelf. So it's not going to take a huge amount of time. It's convenient. You can bring it to work. Um, so they would probably be my three choices. Bearing in mind, I am not a prisoner to carbs in any way, shape or form day to day anyway. So my answers are going to be different to somebody else's. Um, I'm going to ask Tom his because most of you guys will know already if you don't, Tom is plant-based. So maybe some awesome considerations for carbohydrate sources when and, and where from a vegan perspective, um, you know, that may go with some of Tom's meals would, would be awesome. Tom, what would your top three carb sources be? What would you put them with when and where? See, I really love oats. Can't get enough oats. And I cool. think I, um, I didn't used to like them until I kind of learned how to season it and all that kind of thing and, and pair oats with different flavors. And you can't say that and not now tell us how to season oats. Tell us. So a bit of cinnamon goes a long way, which is also nice. a really good antioxidant as well. So just a sprinkle of cinnamon on there, a bit of seeds and then some fruit. And then of course, a bit of peanut butter. Um, so for pre-workout, I do quite a lot, just um, banana and a bit of peanut butter just to, you know, get everything going before a workout. I feel like that just helps me having that kind of protein and carbohydrate in that mix. And I recommend that for clients quite a lot. And then um, to get some complex carbs in, not necessarily post-workout, um, it's very difficult with, with the plant-based lifestyle to go low carb. I mean, it's not, it, can, it can be done, but for me, that would be you know, a very challenging thing to do, especially if you're looking to um, build size, you know, gain muscle. So um, you know, we have to look at sometimes sources of protein that don't contain a huge amount of carbs, um, but do still need carbs obviously keep you satiated throughout the day so i'm a big fan of um, sweet potatoes complex carb obviously um but you can do a lot with them they're really versatile and then um chickpeas which have got to be the, the king of legumes or queen of legumes whatever again really versatile you can do so much with them so i think that would be my top three just you've got to keep things interesting you've got to keep satiated and i think those give you most of your bang for your buck as well Awesome. You can completely tell the difference between myself and Tommy going for like highly processed um, cyclic dextrin and like gummy bears post-workout and cocoa pops. And then, you know, and truthfully, for those of you guys who, who are outside of the coaching circle, I'm making far more of a conscious effort to have to move over, at least for some of my meals to maybe go moving away from meat, maybe a few meals a day, moving closer towards a plant-based diet. So even, you know, from my perspective, you know, taking a lot from, from Tom's stuff and from coaching Tom initially, um, I've learned a lot in, in, in that way. And for those of you guys who have not seen Tom's photos, Tom got in incredible shape on like between three and 4,000 calories a day. Um, you know, you're eating quite a lot up until like the last week or so. Yeah. For me, it's always, um, I kind of like to have the health consideration in there as well. So a good go-to for me as a post-workout is a smoothie filled with, um, you know, the fruit and all that, which you do get your simple mm -hmm. carbohydrate from that. But um, just making sure as well as while we're looking to, to get cover model lean, we're also trying to do it in the healthiest way possible as well. So Amazing. we're not running too, you know, aesthetics are important, but also if we could do that while safeguarding our health, why would we not, why would we not take that consideration? Absolutely. Awesome. Christine's agreeing. I'm going to pull Christine in. Christine, truthfully, what are your favorite carbs? Is spag ball in included in this? Um, no. I, well, that's not a carb. <laughs> um, I think um, 
Yeah, I'm 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 a bit with Tom. Like I I do love carbs. I have carbs with most meals um, spread throughout the day. And if um, if people ever watch kind of a day of what I eat, they'll notice I eat a really big meal before bed with often with a lot of carbs in. Um, and that's simply again, it, I train pretty much kind of seven eight p.m. till ten at night. So when I get home, um, it's not unusual for me to eat like eight hundred calorie meal with loads of carbs in and cheese and things so people go oh my god how can you eat that and still be on a diet or getting lean um and I think that really works for me again it, it is structured around my training it's not haphazard um and I also believe as well if you know your body's repairing whilst you're asleep you know if you go to bed you've got those nutrients in um I can get to sleep better if I feel satiated if I'm not hungry um, you know, through the night, my muscles will repair, recover, grow. And then, you know, I'll start off earlier on in the day. I probably won't then eat until about half 10, 11, have lighter breakfast, a bigger lunch, a snack before I train. Um, you know, and as I'm going about my day to day business, I'm burning off the calories, you know, from my fat stores. And then at night, I'm replenishing all that and able to build and recover and perform better. So that, that suits me. And that's why I do the timing of that, which might seem unusual. Um, to a lot of the common conceptions that you need to, you know, stop eating carbs after 6pm or whatever. Um, again, if, if you're training late at night, you do need to refuel yourself. And, and I personally find it better for aiding sleep and everything to have carbs before bed. And I know that's, that's quite common. Um, as for my favourite carb sources, um, pretty much ate a lot of rice, um, both brown and white. Um, a lot of potatoes, um, loving kind of white potatoes at the moment, make little roast potatoes or um, eat a lot of oats as well, have gluten-free oats. Um, and quite often I have gluten-free pasta. I think they're just a little bit easier on the digestive system for me. Um, and I think with regards to kind of the intra or met or some of the more processed foods, like Chris was saying, I only really turn to them if I'm really trying to push my calories up and grow um when i'm dieting i like to save my calories for my meals because i don't want to feel hungry or deprived um but if i'm really you know pushing my calories up in the off season and trying to grow and struggling to eat food then i will have a intra carb or maybe kind of post i have been known to have a crispy cream post training um but yeah generally i try and keep it quite clean with my carb sources um yeah that's about it awesome cool um i think it's it's so important that you know that you guys hear our thoughts as coaches and i think as you can see you know we both or we all will have different things that work for us but the important thing that everyone said so far is the reasons that we have told you that we eat a specific way or it, it's not actually to do with our performance. Yes, it will come into, you know, some form of, um, you know, uh, obviously that will resonate with how we perform eventually, but it's actually what suits our lifestyle or what we enjoy or what we like. And the truth is the majority of what you guys want to do, as long as you're consistent with it, it's actually quite easy to make tweaks. Um, well, I, had, I had a client maybe three and a half years ago who I made some silly comment to him and I said, dude, if, if you want a Mars bar every day for the rest of your life, I'll get you abs and you can have your Mars bar. And he was like, well, I'll take you up on that challenge. And all I did was I structured in the Mars bar, but it was the same every day. So all we needed to do was put him in a deficit. 
obviously I wouldn't condone eating a Mars bar, although they're quite nice. Um, 256 calories, which what it was at the time. All I had to do was put him at factor that into his nutrition and, and make changes. So for you guys, it, it's not a case of sacrifice. Our goal here is to educate. You'll get a perspective from us. Um, you guys are asking questions, of course, and we'll be able to not only work with you personally as, as you will be with, with the coaches, um, but also, you know, pick our brains, right? So most of you, if you're listening to this, you will be in a WhatsApp group. Um, we are in the process of transitioning across. So what will happen is each coach will have their own WhatsApp group based on the clients once you guys are fully set up and you're kind of settled for the first few days. And then you will go in there and openly then be able to discuss and chat with your coach each day about what's going on. And over the last few days, because there was such a high volume of people come through, we've had to uh, dampen down the conversation because some of you guys were completely overwhelmed. But the coaches were like, oh, I really miss it. Like, can we set this up and do this? Because they love that interaction with you. But also it's their way of not dictating. It's their way of um, educating you guys in terms of how to make changes, considerations, and, and whatever it may be. Um, Jack, I'm going to pick on you. What are your favorite carbohydrates um, that you would integrate or, or that, you know, that you probably couldn't go without? A Mars bar? Oh, man. Uh, just carbs full stop for me i just uh, i'm absolute carb fiend i think bread is probably my biggest um i struggle if that's in the house i'll be like looking at it and i have a little slither and then cut a bit more off a bit more off like nice. day by day so yeah i have to really like limit myself around carbs um i make sure i don't buy them in that's my biggest like um biggest trick if you're struggling with sort of carb cravings and stuff like that i find if they're around the house you'll probably pick and eat them Mm-hmm. But yeah, pretty much what everyone else has said, like structure carbs around your training. There's so much research that shows it improve your performance and that will lead to, you know, if you're doing better in the gym, that you keep adding that up, even if it's a little bit, you're going to look better at the end because you can manage that. Maybe one more rep that you got out or maybe you've got a little bit more energy to go and do your cardio. So stuff like that, I think is very important in terms of carbs. Um, of course. Yes, yeah, yeah, someone, just, someone like, just typed in, uh, Jonathan Grant just said, I agree with Jack on not buying carbs. If you have them in the house, I'll definitely eat them. And yeah, yeah. The truth is, so will I. Um, you know, I think we said this before that some of us live on our own and um, it's easier then for me to negate what comes into my house. I can tell you, I can tell you right now, if there was pizza anywhere in my house, if there was ice cream in my house, like I'll eat it. Like I'll sit in, I'll, like I would wake up in the morning if I go to sleep, I'd wake up in the morning, get the ice cream out and just start tucking away, doing my emails. If it, if it was there, I would do it. So don't think for a second, we're like, we've got like better willpower than you guys. I can tell you right now, I have probably the worst. I just make sure. And some of you guys, you, you've got kids, you've got Darren's nodding because he knows some of you guys have, have, have kids. So, you know, you need to maybe make considerations and you're not in the, in the position where, you know, you can, it's completely up to you what comes into your house or not. So I, I, we completely understand that. So then it's just like Jack said, it's about how do we negate that and, and meander around that? Because straight up, uh, you know, as, as, as Darren's seen, if there's food in the house, I'll eat it. I remember when I first got into, uh, you know, online coaching and for the first two years, I was like, listen, like, why aren't these people are just like, it's just not that difficult. Just stick to the plan. Like just chill. Obviously my patience is, has grown and grown and grown. And at the start I was like, why won't these people just do what they're told? Like, do they want to get lean? Like, what's the deal? And I remember I went back to Ireland for three weeks, um, went back to my mom's house 
and I was it was the first time that I'd been back to my mum's house ever when I was say on some strict form of diet and I, I had some shoots coming up um maybe in like six weeks maybe five weeks and I was home for three and I was just smashing food down and I'm there going to myself like I actually when I went on Skype to my clients that week I was I, I had just a, an apology to everyone I was like listen before we go anywhere I just want to say sorry like I just realized how difficult it is to have food in the house and say no and as a coach it's really important that we have all walked that journey on some level that we can see and and empathize and understand maybe what you're going through of course everyone has a you know slightly different story but i remember that ever since then i've been so just like i get it i get it okay so if your kids are eating this that's fine how can we go about maybe decreasing the amount of this sort of food in your house or how can we maybe you know move your kids onto something else or um so th- that's very real uh, and i'm very empathetic with that scenario having having been there and that's and that i just can't go back to my mum's anymore when i'm cutting for some shoots just can't do it so um i think there are things just just like jonathan said making sure that some things aren't in the house if you can do that is definitely going to make a difference and, and just like jack said there are things that if if they're here i'll eat them as well um you know, so, so that's an important one. And Blake said being type two diabetic means that I have to eat often and regularly through the day in order to get, uh, to not get hypoglycemic, uh, due to medication, metformin in the morning, etc. So here's a perfect example is, um, you know, and, and this is something that obviously we'll go into detail, you know, as, as we progress, but, um, as, as type two diabetic, of course, you're insulin dependent, which means, um, you know, obviously with, with your medication or metformin, um, you will take that obviously helps your, um, you know, delayed, uh, onset of, of, of insulin so that your blood sugar levels are relatively stable. Um, here's a perspective in that scenario, you would say that you need to eat regularly. I'm not disagreeing with you. What I'm saying is what you really mean is that you need a stable level of glucose throughout the day. Now, based on what carbohydrate you use will help you or make it more difficult, right? So as you can imagine, and you'll know this already anyway, dude, um, if you have simple sugars, you will get a, generally, you would get a spike of insulin. Of course, that, not, that doesn't happen in your case, but um, what happens is you would um, get obviously a high blood glucose level. And then of course it would drop off. In your case, that doesn't happen because, well, it, it normally wouldn't happen without metformin, but um, what your body is, is wanting to do is it's like, Hey, uh, Blake's got some glucose in his blood. We need to utilize this blood or this glucose. Let's get it real quick. Obviously your, your body doesn't identify with that. So with your medication, what happens there is, um, essentially the, the receptors, um, for insulin are like, okay, right. So there's insulin that's being produced by, by your medication. Um, they it binds to the receptors and then your body is able to accept that glucose into the cells so therefore your blood glucose drops back down to normal and you don't go um, hypo or hyperglycemic depending however you can be smarter with your form of carbohydrate and you know for example tom perfectly said he will have maybe um, peanut butter banana and maybe some oats pre-workout there's an array of reasons why he would have that first is it tastes nice and he likes it the second would be that they are slightly more a mixture of complex and simple carbs so obviously the banana would be more simple 
the oats would be slightly more complex. And then adding something like peanut butter, although it's, it tastes nice, the fats slow down the digestion of carbohydrates uh, in the bloodstream. And therefore, he would have a sustained release of carbohydrates, or at least more so, which in your scenario, having a more complex carb, like Tom said, also with his sweet potato, means that your blood glucose, because it takes longer to digest and break down, it's more stable. So you've asked about uh, protein metabolism, which is probably something we'll go on to in another day. But what that's called is bioavailability. So an example of protein bioavailability would be you could have, say, some um, very precise um, whey isolate that is going to be broken down or essential amino acids would even more so is readily available amino acids in your bloodstream you would then move to something let's say um eaas or you go from maybe something like an actual amino acid like a glutamine or a leucine or whatever to branch chain amino acids to eventually essential amino acids and eventually then a whey isolate then you'd go to maybe a normal protein then you would go to maybe a poor quality protein then you would go to maybe a casein and then you go to like a chicken breast and it would go and it would go and it would go. So as you're ascending that ladder, you are choosing protein that is digested slower by your body. And therefore, instead of having loads of amino acids in your bloodstream, it's like a drip feed. And that's exactly what it is. And carbohydrates are exactly the same. So to answer your question or well, to, to kind of consolidate your statement, also the carbohydrates that you choose will help you but also how you, and this is something, for example, that maybe, you know, will change your food whenever that may be. And you go, oh, sick, awesome. I've got like peanut butter with my oats. What you don't see is our, our brain going, hmm, we need to slow down the digestion of this glucose that he's getting. So what can we add in the form of fats that he's going to like, that's readily available, that doesn't go off, that you're not going to have half an avocado with your oats, right? So some of you may, sorry. But so what we're doing in our head, although to you, it just seems like we've just given you some peanut butter, we're making these calculations in our head going, right, okay, what can we add? It's going to be 15 grams, it's going to be a tablespoon, it's going to be a teaspoon. What's too much that's going to put him in a surplus and he's not going to lose weight? What's enough that he's not going to drop off from fatigue? What's enough that's going to slow down the digestion of the 28.7 grams of carbs that are in his bowl of oats? You guys don't see that aspect. So when you guys pay for a program and you get a nutritional program, you're not getting the program. You're getting the knowledge of the years um, and, you know, sometimes decades and thousands of clients that we've worked with to be able to make those changes. Um, I would definitely vote peanut butter and oats over avocado. Uh, I, I, I would probably agree. Um, that being said, I had some avocado bagels this morning. They were incredible um, with a little bit of... Uh, lemon juice. So that would, in, in a way, depending on the macronutrients, could be a similar alternative whereby that would slow down the digestion of that bagel. So when you guys see your nutritional program, although it may seem to you like, okay, this is whatever it is, there's always going to be more thought that goes into it. Um, and of course, whatever nutritional program that you've been given now will become more unique to you as the time progresses. You know, every few weeks they'll be revisited depending on, you know, your check-in and how things go over the next few weeks and months. It will become even more individualized. You have to remember the coaches only know you a week or two. You know your own body maybe 30, 40 years and you're still struggling. 
So for the coaches, it, it takes time to, to get to know a human being and get to know someone else's body. Darren, who's on the call, has been a personal client of mine for you know, over four years. And I'm still learning how his body reacts to foods and training and how his mind reacts to, you know, giving him specific foods and, and whether he can eat too much or too little, depending on whatever it may be. So it's important that, that you guys are aware of that. There's a lot more that goes into, uh, you know, our giving you food than just peanut butter tastes nice. Sam, just on that, what are your thoughts maybe on your own carbohydrate favorites um, and when and where and how? Uh, I am like Jack, love carbs. Um, mainly, I think mainly again because of the um, performance elements and things. So, I say I had a football match on a Saturday, would get up, I'd have a high carb meal, and then I'd probably be in the change rooms, scoffing sweets, Jaffa cakes, biscuits, whatever before a game, half time, do the same, that sort of thing. In my mind, that always used to help me get through um the session so or the game if you like so um yeah i like all carbs probably simple carbs are my go-to during um when i'm in a cut probably just for that sweet taste and the um sort of like way today sort of the reward for the session i feel like i feel after i've done a session i get a reward because i've had my cocoa pops or whatever it might be i think that's um that's definitely sort of my go-to carb in terms of other carbs. Obviously I like, like you said, pizzas and curries. And so I like rice, bread, whatever, it, whatever's on offer really. But um, I, I just like food, but the, when I'm on a cut, it's definitely simple carbs that I, I enjoy and use probably more and, and definitely help me the most on the journey. Um, just purely because it's that, sort of kills two birds one stone get that sort of sweet sweet food in but also it's that little reward after a session or whatever it might be as well yeah for sure for sure i think um a lot of it will come down to as well as and a few of you have said this to me before and it's kind of been my mantra when it comes to food because of my own digestion is uh, i choose foods that like me not necessarily foods that i like and a scenario there would be okay you may like a certain food, but if you know that your performance is going to be better, that let's say you wouldn't have a pizza before your football game because you'd feel stodgy. You may love a pizza and would love a pizza, but you're like, okay, this isn't the most optimal time to have that for my performance. And a lot of a lot of that comes into play when it, you know, when we think about um, maybe how not just for us, but how we would maybe put some carbohydrates in. So when you guys say, if I move my training from this time to this time of course it will make a difference depending on what meals you put where the most important thing is that you can actually stick to the nutrition plan per day but of course you know it will make a little bit of a difference so you moving things around generally speaking to um when you move your training maybe maybe more optimal in the grand scheme of things, there are probably other things like your actual adherence to what's on the plan would obviously be far more important. Um, but it's, it, it is really important that you consider maybe some of the intricacies that go into us prescribing you a nutritional program or a supplemental protocol or whatever it may be. Darren, buddy, what are your favorite carbs? I don't usually get carbs from you, so. This is true. This is true. He's not joking, by the way. Um, 
I, I remember, I think we're about maybe two or three years into coaching and uh, I was like, what, dude, you, when was the last time you had a, a milkshake? I was like, they, these are so sick. They're awesome. He was like, the, there's not been a milkshake on my plan in three years. So why would I have one? And I was like, oh, he really does stick to the nutrition program. Um, when you are allowed to have carbs, what are your choice? Not as a cheat meal, obviously, but if you were to integrate some into your own program. Well, before I actually met you, I never used to care for simple carbs at all. And then actually going through that cycle, getting insulin sensitive, everything else like that, um, it's pretty much simple carbs afterwards. So pretty much, usually we'll add an intro workout, depending on what my uh, my uh, workout schedule and that's like. And then... Cinnamon Toast to- Crunch. What's that? Cinnamon, Cinnamon Toast, toast Crunch. crunch. Well, cyclic dextrin in the uh, intro, but uh, yeah, lately it's been, like I said, when we first started, it was 50 grams of oats, and that's what we had, suck the plan. And then over the last, after my last second bulk system, we kind of moved over to more of a simple carbohydrate afterwards. So now, for some reason, I just want carbs all the time. <laughs> and before I met you, it was like, yeah, carbs, whatever. So here, wow. he, here's a good example for those of you guys listening as to why that was the case. So at the time, Darren's initial, say, six months, he lost um, an awesome amount of weight. And my process there was I need something. 53 pounds, 53 pounds in 16 weeks. Yeah, insane, insane. So in my mind, I was like, right, I need to give him a, a large volume of food that no, I'm not saying it satisfied your, your hunger at all, but I tried at least to the best of my ability. And once he got to that stage, every time we've started to grow tissue or, you know, say bulk up a little, I've now, his metabolism is in such a better place, such a, an amazing place compared to where it was that we can afford the ability of adding extra food in. And there've been times where Darren was on a huge amount of food, which, you know, and, you know, at times not gaining a huge amount of weight, which was great. His metabolism was in such an awesome place that we were forced to put those in. Now we can get away with integrating some post-workout cinnamon toast crunch or some lucky charms or whatever it may be, and know that his body is going to um, metabolize those and at least afford to, um, and truthfully, I would prefer him have more carbohydrates around the workout perimeter, whether they be oats or bananas or whatever it may be, I suppose it doesn't really matter. Um, whereas initially yeah, I put a banana on my plan in three years. I, I, I personally don't put bananas in anyone's plans, dude. There's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with bananas, but I would given the choice, I would probably put something else. And as a coach, that's just a personal preference of mine. Um, like yeah, you said, that's, if it's out of the plan, it usually doesn't go into the body for the most part. Lately, it. it's been a little bit off, but uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, okay. yeah, lucky gotta, charms are yours. They're, they're still there, dude. They're still there. They're still there. Um, the cinnamon toast crunch has been smashed, though. You got you talked that away nicely, did you? Well, cinnamon toast crunch is gone. Yeah, yeah. thought so. Thought so. Uh, we've got a uh, comment from Jonathan again. As a new client, very happy to hear there's a lot more thought put into rather than just here's my macros, go figure it out that you've had in other programs. Yeah, and, and I think not, not saying that that doesn't work for some people. I just think for us, our goal is not to, to dictate. Our goal is, truthfully, our goal isn't even to get you a result, although it should be. 
our goal is to educate you so that you will only ever get a result. So if we can educate you, the byproduct will be you will get a result regardless. Um, so I think the more we can do that, the better. So these calls, these podcasts, live or otherwise, is an amazing opportunity for all of you to um, sponge as much information as you possibly can. Um, if you guys listen to this on the podcast, then this is an amazing opportunity for you as well to, you know, whether you're going to work, probably not right now, but whether you're on the treadmill, going for a walk, whatever it may be, to take in as much information as you possibly can. Um, we will, as always, be going through different topics from now on, um, depending on, uh, you know, maybe the feedback we're getting from clients, maybe the feedback of things that people want more assistance on over the next, um, you know, maybe eight weeks or so. Um, so as always, if you're listening to this on the podcast, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, if you want to join the Zoom call, we've got nearly at, at times between 30 and 40 participants on at any one time. You can jump, click the link in the podcast to join the Facebook group um, and come on board, of course. Um, and for those of you who are watching being streamed in the Facebook group or, uh, you know, members of our program, uh, welcome. Thank you for listening. Hope we're adding um, you know, a decent amount of value as well on each of these topics. Um, hope you guys are good. Uh, Sam, Darren, Jack, Christine, Tom, Wade, love you all. Um, thank you guys for, for doing what you do and adding value. Um, and more than anything, adding personality to all of this. Um, you know, you, you guys that are on the program will be assigned to one of us at some point, depending on what level or, you know, what program you have, but you have the ability of seeing the I suppose personalities and, and the way that we think about nutrition and really picking our brain a little bit more by asking questions on these calls. But also, um, as I've said multiple times that you don't just get one coach. Yes, you are assigned to one coach and you should listen to them above everyone else, but you have the benefit of picking our brains, be it in the Facebook group or on this call or whatever it may be to have a, an awesome team of coaches that are here and more than willing and more than happy to help. Um, as always Wade's favorite quote, make the most of today you will not get this day again peace as always i'm going to leave you guys with the same quote that i leave you at the end of every podcast make the most of today you will not get this day again peace guys i'm interrupting this podcast for one reason only i want to say a massive massive thank you to every single one of you listening whether you've left a review on iTunes, whether you've shared this in your story, whether you've referred this to a friend, I just want to say a massive thank you. As a thank you from me, I want to give every single one of you something for free, something that you can take away and something that you can use. So what I want you to do right now, while you're listening, whether you're on Spotify, whether you're on Stitcher or whether you're on iTunes, continue listening this second, head straight over to my Instagram page. Now, I want you to click the link in my bio and hit free arm guide. I want you guys to download that, take it away, utilize it, give it a go. Let me know your feedback. Let me know how you're getting on as a massive thank you from me to you. So click the link in my bio, uh, put your email address in. It will get sent directly to you in seconds, completely automatically, completely for free as a massive thank you for you guys um, even listening to this. You know, I never thought that there would be this many people listening. Just recently, we've hit 100,000 downloads, which is mental, um, and I want to give something back. So as a thank you from me to you, uh, click the link in my bio, download the free arm guide, and get started. Um, you've got three workouts within that arm guide. You've got a hypertrophy arm day, you've got a strength arm day, and you have got an arm blaster.
Now, if you're going to do the arm blaster, take about 60 to 90 minutes out of your day because it is gonna be amazing. Um, it's a little bit longer than usual, but some really, really good execution tips in that ebook. I hope you make the most of it. Guys, thank you again.